I'm Sandra Jarvis, and you're listening to Silence Your Inner Mean Girl. This is episode 36, Freezing or Fawning. Welcome to Silence Your Inner Mean Girl. I'm Sandra Jarvis, a certified trauma recovery coach who specializes in helping women who have left the LDS Church overcome the effects of religious harm. In this podcast, we'll explore the messages you learned at church that filled you with shame and left you believing you would never be enough, so you can replace them with pure truths that prove otherwise. Ready to get started? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back. So today is the last episode in the 31 in 31 marathon, only it's episode number 29, because I mentioned a couple of days ago, I actually had some things come up in my family that prevented me from getting ahead in my podcast recordings. And so I'm taking the weekend off and I will be back on Monday, but um, I just wanted to let everyone know I've really enjoyed this. And Going forward, I think I'm going to be doing two episodes a week, so be watching for those in October. They'll probably be released on Mondays and Thursdays, or watch for those in November. They'll be released on Mondays and Thursdays, so I will be back on Halloween on Monday for a special Halloween episode, and and then we'll be going forward from there. So today we are continuing the conversation about our natural stress responses, or what's also known as the body's emergency response system. Now, if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, I encourage you to go do that, um, because I have discussed this in detail. But today we're going to be talking about the other two responses, which are freeze and fawn. And some of you may know these responses as the four F's of trauma. And the four of them together are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And there are a lot of different ways that these are talked about. But the important thing to remember and to recognize and to understand is that our bodies were designed to respond to threats with these behaviors. They're normal. The problem comes when we get activated over things that aren't really a threat. And that happens in trauma and abuse survivors because we're traumatized by things that remind us of times that we weren't safe. So yesterday I went into detail about what the fight or flight response might look like in situations that aren't actually dangerous, particularly when the threats are more emotional than physical. And today we're going to look at the other two responses, freeze and fawn. So Just as with the fight or flight response, the freeze and fawn responses are almost opposite. So in a fight situation, you're moving toward the threat to confront it. And in a flight response, you're moving away from the threat to protect yourself. Well, in a healthy freeze response, your body is slowing everything down in order to appraise the situation carefully and to determine the best course of action or the next steps you need to take to go forward. It's almost like you disconnect from yourself and from the people around you in order to get a better handle on what's going on. And it can 
literally create a feeling of cold or numbness or stiffness in your body or in your limbs. And it also can bring up a sense of dread or foreboding. And if there's something going on that warrants the, the reaction, then it's a good thing. Like for instance, they say that if you're confronted by a bear, you should play dead. That would be a classic freeze response, right? But in our daily lives, we're rarely going to get confronted by a bear. So <laughs> what are other circumstances that might trigger this response? Well, one of the most common freeze responses that trauma survivors experience is that of, disassoci of dissociation. Dissociation is the experience where you literally disconnect from yourself and your body. And people describe it as sort of an out-of-body experience where you're viewing the situation from above or outside of yourself rather than from inside your body. And this can happen when you feel extreme shame or when you feel like you're trapped and you have nowhere to go. So shutting down is also a common way that the freeze response manifests. You might find it difficult to speak or to find the right words, or you might feel detached from reality. You might be a daydreamer, or you might be someone who shows up as lazy, even though you're not a lazy person normally. So if it's a trauma response, then it's simply your nervous system shutting you down so you can deal with the perceived threat, but it may not come across that way to those around you. And you may not even recognize it yourself. Um, another way that this might show up is feeling sleepy all the time or falling asleep when it's not appropriate, like at work or school. Feeling paralyzed by too many decisions is also a known freeze response. So sometimes we call it paralysis by analysis. And that is a freeze response whenever it's connected to trauma. And another really classic one is scrolling social media. That is a freeze response. It's this, when you look at it as the disconnect, it makes sense, right? You're disconnecting from reality and finding a way to, um, to get, you know, get your brain in a different place. The freeze response is a neurological shutdown. And so it can affect all kinds of systems in your body and your relationships. Another freeze response that I know that I got really good at when I was when I was dealing with my trauma, when I was in the thick of therapy, and I had five small children, was that I got really good at being able to interact with my children without actually connecting with them, which is not something I'm proud of. But as I look back now, I know that it was a freeze response. I was shutting down so that I could survive while still interacting with those around me. And so really look at that, you know, because there was the freeze response is, like I said, it's a neurological shutdown and it can affect all kinds of systems in your body. When the brain shuts down, then everything else starts shutting down too. So consider whether or not you're regularly shut down, whether or not you're regularly disconnecting from yourself or from other people. And if so, that might be a response to some sort of trauma. 
The key to overcoming the freeze response is to reconnect with yourself and with those around you. You don't have to remain disconnected. There are actually some really simple exercises that can bring you back to the present moment and help you connect to your current environment rather than disconnect because of past trauma. Because that's what the freeze response does. It takes you out of the present moment. And getting back there in your mind is the way to regulate that particular response. So that's the freeze response. Now, the other response I'm talking about today is the fawning response. And as I said, this is, again, it's like the opposite of the freeze response. Because rather than disconnecting, you try to connect as a way of making yourself feel better. So the fawning response is actually the most recently recognized stress response. So I know when I was growing up as a kid, I always heard about fight, flight, and freeze. But fawn is something that I've only recently learned about as I was going through my um, trauma training. And fawning shows up as um, some pretty common responses that we see all the time in trauma, like people-pleasing. People-pleasing is a classic fawn response. Um, and having a hard time saying no is right there too. Fawning also shows up as extreme flattery or compliment giving. It can be constantly worrying or obsessing over things, but specifically about your relationships. It can show up as codependency. The key to recognizing fawning is when you are giving to others to the point of your own detriment, when you aren't standing up for yourself. You say what other people want you to hear instead of expressing what you really feel or believe. And you might have a hard time finding your voice or a hard time calling people out when they treat you poorly. Fawning keeps you constantly seeking for the approval of others. Now, I am a recovering people pleaser slash perfectionist, and I can tell you that it's a tough way to live. You constantly have to be turned on because you have to make sure that everyone likes you. And that is a trauma response like no other, because here's the truth. You can't control what other people think of you. You just can't. And whatever they're thinking about you isn't actually about you anyway. It's about them. It's about their likes and their dislikes and the things that they prefer. And so understanding that one concept can be life-changing because it can be really helpful when you are trying to get your fawning response under control. So if you notice that you're fawning over other people, then be extra compassionate with yourself and give yourself grace and give yourself room as you start to separate which feelings are actually yours and which feelings belong to the other people that you're dealing with. Give yourself the time and the space you need to buffer against the need to fawn. Because honestly, the first step to overcoming this particular response and regulating yourself around it is to become aware of what you're doing and then start creating boundaries for yourself and for other people in your life. So remember, as with 
any of these four responses that we've discussed. You're simply reacting to the signals that your mind and body are sending you in order to protect you. And while these can be really helpful when you are actually in danger, the problem comes when you're not in danger and you're constantly being triggered into one of these responses. But you have the power to reestablish safety within yourself. And when you start to be aware of the ways these trauma responses might be showing up in your life, then that gives you the power to change. At first, it can feel a little bit overwhelming, but the truth is recognizing what you're doing, recognizing that these responses are there is the first step to healing and you're worth the effort to heal. Trauma responses keep us hidden. They keep us playing small. They keep us stuck in fear and they don't allow us to support ourselves through life circumstances. So I want to end this episode by just telling you that you don't have to stay stuck. The answers are out there and they are readily available when you're ready to do the work. So if you're interested in learning more about the body's emergency response system and how it might be keeping you stuck in your trauma, maybe even without you realizing it until now, then I invite you to schedule a self-talk assessment call with me. I would love to learn more about you and what's going on in your world and be able to discuss how your inner mean girl might be holding you back so that we can uncover these responses within you and create a plan for unleashing the badass woman within, because I promise you, she is in there somewhere. So the link to schedule that call is in the show notes of this episode. So click on it to get on my calendar and we'll talk to you soon. So thank you for being here today. Again, I just remind you, I won't be releasing episodes um, over the next two days for the end of this October marathon, but I will be releasing one on Monday for Halloween, a special episode all about the masks that we wear. (laughs) All right. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Silence Your Inner Mean Girl. If you'd like to learn more about religious trauma and adverse religious experiences, grab my free religious trauma checklist by following the link in the show notes. And if you're ready to take this work to a whole new level, schedule a complimentary self-talk assessment call with me. I'd love to chat about how coaching can help you silence your inner mean girl so you can embrace your worth and heal from religious trauma. The link to my calendar is also in the show notes. Talk to you soon.